0: This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey, live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170 or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now it's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey.
1: Good morning and welcome to Thursday here on the Blitz 1170. It is 6 a.m. We like to call this other Friday, and it looks like we're going to have ourselves a pretty nice weekend. Actually, it's really nice out there right now. So if you're already headed to work, you will not, well, you might need a jacket, but you're not going to need an awful lot out there. It is not a bad start to the day. It's not a good day, not after what happened in Kansas City yesterday, and there is no way to be as effusive or as happy on any Situation today after what happened there and what many of us witnessed and probably like the rest of us um, You've probably seen sought out other things As much as you could or the latest and what's happening there the latest is there is one dead 22 people overall were shot and three people have been retained nine of those people hurt were children I'd seen a a tweet from our friend Harold Koontz who I was trying to contact yesterday Could he had to be there? You know, it's that's something everybody covers and, yeah, I'm just too busy. Uh, actually, at one point, I couldn't even find the phone number, but we're able, I finally did, and he, he confirmed he was fine. But i seeing seen a, a tweet from him yesterday saying that none of the kids are, well, they're all going to recover. And it, is, it seems as though even those that were serious, the others will recover. The one dead was a radio host, uh, a mother of two and a radio host. And, boy, you just, you know, at this point, since there are still no names, and at this point there are still no motives, although they almost immediately said this is not a terrorist act or any of those kinds of things. Well, if you don't have any motives yet, then you don't know that yet.
0: Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Cory. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072.
1: That is our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here on the Blitz 1170. I'm Rick Corey. That is Bryce Sulz. We're in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio. And I'm looking at our door, which has got this glass in the middle of it, because one of the guests out on the porch today for Channel 6, the Coca-Cola porch, is a longtime friend Of myself and my wife, but she doesn't know we're in here. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm waving at Tess. Yep, uh, yeah, just yeah. Point to that lady right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, turn her around. There she is. Hi, there, Lee. Yeah, uh, Lee (laughs) Ferguson. (laughs) Lee was uh, Lee was a trainer with my wife at TU. They were roommates for a while. Oh, wow. At the University of Tulsa, and she has a very successful. Very successful uh, business designing clothes, handbags, and things like that, and they're native American things okay and so they're here doing that out for the porch out there if you haven't seen it uh, if you you know you watch six in the morning in the morning the coca cola patio and porch, which is really outside across from Guthrie Green, which is a great idea because here at griffin we 've got that wonderful patio area that we haven't used for a lot we'll occasionally set up stuff out there for like uh, Tulsa Tough or you know the Iron Man or things like that we haven't used it a ton and they just basically turned it into a space to broadcast so there, yeah. there are monitors out there and things in the window but then at this time of year when it's cold they do it right inside in our radio performance area at any rate they have people over there all the time it's how we talked to Danny Boy last week right? And as, he, as he bopped over so I just wanted to wave and say hello to Lee so yeah that was personal but she and my wife were best friends in college for a long time and roommates. For a while, which is kind of cool. Yeah. All right, six twenty-three here on the Blitz. Eleven seventy. Uh, okay, so nobody, nobody texted on hooning. Do you know what it is? You're not. And you did okay? So you okay? Good. I was going to say, did you just Google it? Because I, I, my wife and I were talking last night about the I'll, movie. I'll let you be my Google, Rick. No, no, no. Well, well <laughs> I would be, I'm more like Wikipedia. changed. <laughs> so yeah, thing. I self edit. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, last night I told you, you know, our traditions to watch the movie Valentine's Day, and yeah. so that we were watching that last night. And I mentioned, I said, Bryce hadn't seen this, and she said, how has he not seen these movies? Because I'll tell her every now and then. And I said, I said, Hey, to his credit, he said, you. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I said, cool. Uh, but as we were watching that last night, we were talking about some of the things that, you know, you do or don't, not just you, but others don't know. And I said, well, mm-hmm. one thing about Bryce, though, is no matter what I say, he Googles it immediately like mm-hmm. that and is normally saying it before I'm done. <laughs> so freestyle hooning is basically just spinning your tires and going in a circle. Okay. So you've seen kids do that in the parking lot, or you may have done yeah. it in the parking lot when you were young, or... Never. You know, uh, <laughs> I never did, honestly. I, I honestly never did <laughs> I was always scared. I'd lose control and whack my car into a light pole oh, yeah. or something, so I never, I never did that, but that's all they do. I mean, they get out in the middle of a big space, and they just, you know, they put the gas to it and they just, you know, burn okay. the rubber, burn the rubber and, and spin the thing in a circle. That's what freestyle hooning is. Hmm. I don't know why it got called that, but they'll do that. Yeah. Which, you know, hey, if you like that, that's cool. You know, there's other things to do. There's a demolition derby. No, I'd watch that all day. Yeah. I used to watch those when I was a kid anyway. So all those things are happening. By the way, where are they happening? They're happening at the 60th Annual Daryl Starbirds National Rod and Custom Car Show. It's the next generation. O'Reilly Auto Parts is the sponsor, and it's back this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the SageNet Center. So it starts tomorrow. You know this is cool because you go out there and there's all these custom rods and cars. They'll have chop shops online there where they'll be doing it. You'll, the people that you'll see on you know on cable shows are there. They have the, the young ladies walking around. <laughs> I think you know what I mean by that. <laughs> uh, and then the other things, that the other and it's all kinds of cool stuff. They have it there. You can get more information at visit visitstarbirdcarshows.com. All right, he's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey here on the Blitz 1170. I, I, I thought I should get you, and I'll play it a couple of times, the Kelsey Brothers explanation of the Andy Reid bump. Now, we have seen and heard much about it, and we are, you know, Andy Reid already said, "Hey, it's not a big deal. Keeps me young." And he didn't overreact in the moment. I'll give Coach Reid a lot of credit. Can you imagine yeah. if that were Ditka, or goodness. M- almost anyone else in the moment? How would Sean Payton have reacted in the moment? Yeah. It I'm- probably would have been pretty different.
2: I know it's college, but I think of like Nick Saban or something—a oh, a character like that. Obviously, yeah, if a college player did that to Nick Saban, to be crazy, but still, just that personality with Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey.
1: Sure, yeah, and and when he did, you know, Reed moved and he looked at him kind of funny, and he uh, mm-hmm. and he kind of let him go, but he actually went over to him afterward. So much has been said about it. Well, we finally heard from Travis and Jason on their podcast. Now, Jason holds him accountable here, which I do like. Travis explains it a little bit, and they talk more about it at the end. Let's get that...
3: The broadcast showed you having a heated exchange with Coach
4: Reed. (laughs) So heated. People are all over this. I mean, I get it.
3: You crossed the line. I think we can both agree on that.
4: I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping Coach and it's getting him off
3: balance and stuff. I mean, let's be honest. The the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this.
4: I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm I'm out there with him, man.
3: He ain't calling it quits. Come on now.
4: He's not. I immediately wish I would have took a bad. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that. And he just let him know, hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man.
3: He's letting you know not, not
4: to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get a f***ing victory for him, man. Big Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that cheap shot, baby. But damn, I love winning with him. you. You got to have your head on a swivel because next time he gets fired up at you, he's coming hot at you. You know that. Oh, yeah, I deserve it. If he would have cold cocked me in the face right there, I would have just ate it and just been like, yeah, let's f-ing go
3: i'm not trying to make this situation acceptable but this is what happens when you have highly motivated passionate individuals this doesn't happen if you and andy aren't as close as you are that's what nobody knows the reason this happens is because you two love each other so much and respect each other so much that you feel open enough to have an interaction like this
4: it wasn't me mad at coach reed as as it looks it was the frustration of our team not having success turning the ball over and me being on
3: the sideline. Not the able side to go out there. Damn it. It was pleading with your head coach to let you go out there and win this mother****. That's what it was. Me and you both know what it was. Andy knows what you mean to him and what he means to you. <laughs>
1: And I thought you know he did, as I said, he said right there, he said, "Look, I'm not trying to make this right, but this is and and he gave some some reasons now. I do think one thing in there, yes, it is two passionate, motivated people, Andy Reid handles that differently, and Travis Kelsey very much wears his emotions out on his sleeve <laughs> but and it is he's right about the fact that you're you're really passionate about winning. I don't think that it's just because he feels real comfortable with him because in that moment when that kind of passion, I don't care if you're comfortable or not, you'll do those kinds of things. Yeah. But I do think there was probably an immediate reaction for him, like an, oh, you know what, and knowing it wasn't going to be the kind of deal it could have been for somebody else. But I was glad that Jason held him accountable. That's that's over the top. It's unacceptable. You did the wrong thing. You should have handled it better. I was glad to hear that.
2: Yeah, he was able to criticize it where it needed to be and then also kind of bring some context to you know the, the backstory mm-hmm. of it all uh, one thing that also um got my attention was how he said how uh, travis said how when andy reed came over to him and was saying how look there's cameras on me all the time mm-hmm. it's almost like he's looking out for him too he is. and saying you know people are going to take this and run with it so you need to watch out for doing stuff like that because th- they're always on me so mm-hmm. you know if you do that it's going to give people the wrong idea that is you.
1: exactly what he's doing yeah. I and mean, when you have a coach like that you want to to play for a coach like yeah. that. You want that guy. He, You know, it's traditional. Nowadays, of course, a lot of coaches, you look at McDaniels, guy like that, heck, they're not that far away from the same age. They're more like mm-hmm. an older brother, younger brother kind of thing. Andy yeah. Reid's truly more like a dad figure uh, for these guys. And there was a time when almost everybody in the NFL was that. You know, Tom Landry was a lot older, you know. Coughlin mm-hmm. was a lot older. Uh, but not now. Now we're seeing a lot of very young head coaches. D'Amico Ryans and the guys in Houston have not played in that different a time. No. And so you're, you're talking more to a peer than you are a boss. Now, you have to also, at that time, though, you've got to set that, that you are the boss. And that's not mm-hmm. always easy to do. Finding that line of yeah. earning the respect. And for some people, it's hard. And you've heard, you know, I, I saw Nick Saban once say, you know what, I can't be friends with them because I'm friends with them. I can't be their leader. Mm-hmm. You know, and he also famously said, if you want to be, you know, if you want to be like, sell ice cream, not don't be a leader. <laughs> and he's right. Because there are times when you're a leader when they're, you're just going to do stuff people below you don't like. Yeah. And I'm sure Andy Reid has to do some of that, too. But he certainly handles it in a different, a little bit more, you know, kind of the old-style manner, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he'd put up with it. But, again, I can't see some of the guys. had they. I was thinking to myself, what would have happened had that been Dave Wonstadt when he was coaching? What would have happened if it were Coughlin? He'd have gone after somebody. Mm-hmm. I can imagine he would. I wonder, too, what if it was Coach Cower? You know, we see Bill Cowher now on the network shows, and he's having fun and he's relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Cowher, when he was in the in the NFL, was a lot more intense. How would he handle it? Mm. Unless he do that to Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Different reaction. Br- bring back the same energy, right? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I think at that point you're going backwards too. <laughs> Six thirty one on the Blitz. Eleven seventy. All right. That and many other things here to come. As I mentioned, Ryan Aberer, ROU you insider at seven thirty today. So we know that coming up, Vern Lundquist is going to retire. So we have a couple of Vern's best best calls, and then if you have a best memory. Nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. That's a neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. Send us what your favorite Vern Lundquist call was, or just if you have thoughts about him. I mean, as a as a guy who grew up in the business watching people like this, I have a few, and we'll pass those along. I'll hear you'll hear a little bit from some of his better calls coming up. It is six thirty two. We're in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio, and this is the Blitz eleven seventy.
0: The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz eleven seventy home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
2: The TU men's basketball team lost to conference-leading South Florida last night 69-50. Three-point shooting made the biggest difference as the Bulls made 13 as opposed to Tulsa's two. P.J. Haggerty once again led the Hurricane with 19 points. And the Kansas City Chiefs extended defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola. Spagnola guided the Chiefs to their second-best scoring defense. They allowed an average of 17.3 points per game. That's the winner-ruled false two-minute drill. I'm Bryce Olson. on the Bits 1170 and streaming on the Bits 1170 app.
0: This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We have
1: certainly enjoyed hearing from you. As a matter of fact, you've been killing the text board the last, well, gosh, probably about a week now. So let's keep that up. The Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text board is 918-262-5072. Your thoughts this morning on almost anything happening. We'd love to have it. And especially, you know, we mentioned Vern Lundquist is going to retire after 40 years. This will be his last master's. And you know, there's something about Vern's voice that just goes with golf. Yeah, I mean traditional golf. Mm-hmm. I can't see him at live, <laughs> 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 although it might be fun. You know,
2: hearing hearing like dubstep in the background uh-huh. on the course, and you have Vern Linguist talking. Yeah.
1: I will say this though, he's I mean, he's an he, you know he's a seasoned broadcaster. We'll put it like that, and he's one of the guys who you you know you first you grow up listening to, and I mean whether it's me because I did, and then you too. Yeah. I mean he's he has spanned that many decades of growing up listening to Vern, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd had him on shows three or four times in the past. And he's always just so kind and he's always just so accommodating and he you know and he and that that mellifluous voice just continues over a phone line, right? Mm-hmm. That's just the way he is. But through his career, he's obviously had some really big moments. You mentioned the prayer at Jordan Hare. Yeah. Uh, you got that or Jordan Hare. Pardon me, you mentioned that one kick 6. Mm-hmm. He did that, but the most iconic, in my opinion, is the Tiger Woods shot. This is on the sixteenth in two thousand five, and we're he's at the Masters, and he is. A, we got guys playing really well all around him, and Tiger missed the green, but just barely. He's on the fringe, and he has this ridiculous putt uphill that has to then turn downhill, go to the right, and curve back to the left because of the break. And I, I, I didn't. I don't remember. I know i was, I'm sure I've seen, the exact number of feet he had to hit that thing from the edge of the rough. And then Vern's call, one of the best of all time.
0: Well, here it comes.
3: Oh my goodness. Have you seen anything like that?
1: That Mm. is classic. And if you are a young broadcaster who would like to know, or if you're not a young broadcaster and you just like to know, what's the magic? Hear all the silence from him? Mm -hmm. The pictures in television tell the story. Not you. The pictures tell the story. And you let it. And then he reacts just like you and I did. Mm -hmm. If you were watching that holy cow or oh wow exactly what he did but then the phrasing at the end which is just him i mean he's not writing this stuff right
2: and it, it's it's the way a lot of people would want to react right yeah. even, well, if they you, art, even if they can't articulate it the yeah. same way that
1: he can most people would turn and say can you believe that or yeah. or, or that kind of thing and instead and in, you know the way he phrased it was so iconic because it was different mm-hmm. and at the same time such a fan yeah. you know when he first hits it well here it comes you know, and then he just sounds. Then he sounds surprised, as I think <laughs> almost everybody was. I mean, yeah, it's Tiger Woods, but that's a tough shot. And if you go yeah. back and watch that again, <laughs> it's I don't know how he did that. Yeah, I remember seeing that clip. Yeah, it's it
2: lets you sit in the moment, right? He, oh he, yeah, he just lets you gather it in and just be on the edge of your
1: seat. Let like you said, let it happen. Let the pictures tell the story. I'm going to tell you that's not easy, because going from you know two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, Union High School, who I broadcast for, went from a radio broadcast to a stream. Mm-hmm. Now I have done, I've not, I've done a little bit of television stuff uh, for the old Tulsa Cable and that kind of thing uh, for some small things, right, and done a little bit of that, you know, some high school and some little league like playoffs and that kind of thing, but almost nothing. I've done forty plus years of radio including 36 of those, broadcasting, college football, high school football, you name it. And, and to go from a radio play-by-play to a television play-by-play, I got to tell you, and I told them at Union this, the first year I stunk. And you might still say, well, you still do. And that's val- that's valid. But that first year I was terrible. I was still doing radio play-by-play for television. It's hard to get yourself out of it. So mm. to, to to sit there and to, in your mind, remember there are pictures, because now we're a you stream. You don't have to paint it anymore, right? Yeah, well, you still, I think you have to do some. Uh, but it's it's a stream. They're watching. Now, yes, certainly, there are some people. You might get up in the morning, flip one news on 6, or hopefully us two, and, and or, and walk around the house. And if you do, you're not always looking, so the audio is still drawing your attention. But if something does get your attention, you'll flip around and you'll look. So if you're listening upstairs and and Alan says snow, you'll go, what? (laughs) You'll turn and look at the screen. The same thing in, in a game like this. You know, you may be wandering out in the house during a Union High School game if you're watching the stream. And think to yourself, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to listen to this. And then he breaks free at thee, and you'll turn and you'll look. Mm. So you still have to do some. But it's, i got to tell you, it's not easy. Now, he's done right, you know, TV for a long time. But Vern is one of the guys, too. And I had a really interesting interview. Uh, I, I've asked you this name before, but you probably don't remember it. Chris Schenkel. Chris Schenkel was a classic college football broadcaster. He and Bud Wilkinson were a team for a long time. So people here in Oklahoma knew who he was. But then Schinkel himself was a feature. I mean, he was one of the main college football broadcasters for ABC. I've seen him. Yeah, tall, thin dude, you know, Mm -hmm. classic voice. I was interviewing him. He was also the voice of of bowling. Oh, wow. And he loved doing it. As a matter of fact, one of the first times I interviewed him, the first question I had, I said, do you really love bowling? And he laughed, and they've all got that voice like mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and he laughed, and he said, "Well, of course, yeah, of course I do. I can't even mm-hmm. get down there. <laughs> of course I do." And then he chuckled. But we were we were talking one time, and I asked him because I a lot of those guys that we talked to, Vern Lundquist, him, Charlie Jones, you know, Costas, any of those guys, mm-hmm. I'd asked him, Keith Jackson, Roy Firestone. We asked those guys, you know, when you first learned to play by do play by play. Was it radio or television? And, and most of them, it was radio because <laughs> in Keith's, uh, pardon me, in, uh, in, in Chris Schenkel's, when I asked him that, I said, did you start in radio or television? And he said, well, he said, I'll explain it this way. He said, I was a student at, and I think he said Purdue but I don't, I'm sorry, I don't remember. I'd have to look where he went to college. He's an Indiana guy, so yeah, I, Yeah, I think he said Purdue. And he says, because this was a long time ago. And he says, well, he said, I'll tell you, Rick, I was working for the campus radio station. And I was doing games on the radio. And he said, I walked outside one day and they were building this tower thing. Just Purdue, yeah, and, and okay. It's, how, can you believe I remembered that? That's, that's God. That's thirty eight <laughs> <we> years ago. <laughs> and, and he said they're building this tower thing, and I said, "Oh, you building us another tower?" And they said, "No, it's something we're going to give a shot. It's called television." There was Ooh. no, t- there was no TV play by play when Chris started, <clears throat> and wow. there, and for many, for some of these other guys, maybe not. Of course, Chris has been gone a long time now, but there wasn't. They I mean they, they knew TV had been experimented with. But it, no one had done this. I mean, KDK in Pittsburgh was the first to actually be on the air carrying a game yeah. many, 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 many years ago. And Schenkel had never even seen a television broadcast before, uh, well, at least not like that. And so he started in radio. And you ask those guys about the transition, and they'll all tell you radio is the best training. And I agree, because you do have to paint a picture. You can't just say he breaks free and just be silent for 20 seconds, which is what yeah. you should do, Tony Romo, um, <laughs> and let that go. You have to be, you know, cuts inside, goes back to his right, you know, it, mm-hmm. avoids it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stiff arms one, blah, blah, blah. You have to do that. And in, in television, you don't. You know, you may act, you may react to, you know, a play that, you know, a great cut or something along those lines, but you let it tell the story. It's not easy. And to be able to, because you're there, and you know you're there to broadcast, but the best way I've put it before to, like, the guys as I'm starting to do this and learning more about it, and after two years I'm getting the hang of it, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I still wasn't good last year, but getting the hang is really when you're watching it on TV, especially in, in say, for me, for football, when you're watching, it's just two guys in a room having a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like you're sitting there with a buddy, and you're having a conversation while you're doing it. Now you need to obviously study and know the teams and those kinds of things because it's adding those pieces that make the difference and make it entertaining. Like, my job as a color guy when I'm working with Bruce is to do those kinds of things as well as explain the play. But in TV, it's different. You know, Romo's job is to tell you why it happened and point out these things here and there rather than just consistently babble, I don't know, Jim. Um,
2: which, which happens. Yeah, a lot, <laughs> as a, a matter of fact.
1: You know, Jeremy, the the, the uh, promo Jeremy Poplin had where they counted the number of times he said, you know, Romo mm. said Jim, which was like 1,050 or whatever <laughs> during the broadcast, and it's not easy. So to be able to do what Lundquist did right there, is pretty magic. Now, mm-hmm. uh, the other one I have, and you have one too, but I'm going to play this one first. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of these happened at, Jur- at Jordan-Hare, and this is the kick six. Mm-hmm. This is when the field goal short- goes short, and Auburn returns it, and in a miracle, beats Alabama, and here's Vern's call.
0: Fifty-seven yards. Remember, a
3: block kick to go the other way, too. He's got to be careful and get it up. On the way... No, return by Chris Davis.
0: Davis goes left. Davis gets a block. Davis has another block. Chris Davis. No flags. Touchdown. Auburn. An answered prayer.
1: Again, he you know he had those moments in there. He says gets a block. You have to add that like I was saying, you know. Yeah. Gets another block, but it wasn't little too, by little, right? Wasn't too wordy, right? Mm-hmm. And then yours
2: is what? Mine was the prayer at Jordan Hare, which the kick six just completely overtook 2 weeks later. Even though I still think that this is more miraculous play, just to quickly paint the picture, Auburn's down by 1 against Georgia on their own 20 something yard line, 4th and 18, 30 seconds left. Uh, Nick Marshall throws a Hail Mary pass to uh, Ricardo Lewis, and he is almost triple-covered. The ball gets deflected by two Georgia players both trying to go for interception, and I don't think Ricardo Lewis sees it until it just drops right into his bucket, Mm. and he runs for a touchdown, and you can hear just the shock in Vern Lundquist's voice, and it's my favorite call of his of all time in college football.
1: Three-man rush.
3: Let's it go!
2: And for the following, you know, thirty seconds, he just lets that moment, yep. you know, here in the stadium and everything. But I just love that. Oh no, mm-hmm. it's just so good,
1: and it's a natural reaction. Yeah. And you, you said off to me off the air. You say, almost sounds like he's a Georgia fan. I think he's just a fan at that yeah. moment, and a fan would, you know. Oh, no, if you're a Georgia fan specifically, but I understand why he did it, and it was just so honest. Yeah, because at, it's that, such a stunning mm, play. Yep, at that moment, it it just, it just it, yeah, that was just so cool. Uh, 650 here on the Blitz 1170. I'd love to hear your favorite Vern calls. You know, he, he stopped doing SEC games uh, the other day. Well, what, last year? Uh, yeah, I think it's been a couple years that yeah, Brad Nessler's done it. One or two. Mm-hmm. And I, he, I like Brad Nessler, too. He, he, yeah, I do, too. And he bowed out of doing that. Uh, and, and that was too bad because you're missing one SEC games, but really more at the Masters. So this will be, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a billion tributes and things like that at the Masters, maybe even a little emotional for Vern. Yeah. But his last Masters, which will make it even more worthwhile, I promise you. 650 on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hulse. I'm Rick Corey. We're in the Tulsa Oilers hockey studio. By the way, the Oilers and the Blitz here, we have teamed up for what we call the Blitz upgrade. That means that anytime you go to an Oilers game, even if you buy some inexpensive tickets, we're going to call some ticket numbers during the game and take someone from those seats right down and put them by the ice. It's the Blitz upgrade. You get it with the Oilers and the Blitz 1170.
0: Your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
2: The Oklahoma State Cowgirls ended a six game losing skid. They beat Texas Tech in Lubbock 60 50. Hannah Gusters led the Cowgirls with 24 points. Freshman Staley Hurd added 16. The TU Golden Hurricane women were down 13 with 5.5 minutes to go, but were able to rally to beat UTSA 74 70. Tamira Poindexter was the game's leading scorer with 20 points. Delaney Crawford had 15. And the TU men's basketball team lost to conference-leading South Florida last night 69-50. Three-point shooting made the difference, as the Bulls made 13, as opposed to Tulsa's 2. P.J. Haggerty once again led the Hurricane with 19 points. That's the winter roll of Tulsa to minute drill. I'm Bryce Holst on the Buts 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.